This is a Soulfire production. Hi, friends. How are you? I hope you are getting what you need today. I have one of the final calls for my group program, the Love Her Collective, this afternoon. And today we're talking all about what we need for ourselves to step into this next iteration of who we are becoming. Do we need some hard conversations with ourselves, with others? Do we need to renegotiate boundaries? Do we need to take care of ourselves on a deep level? Do we need to take a bath? Do we need to breathe? What do we need? So whatever that is for you today, I hope you are getting what you need. So if you clicked on this, you already know. I am dealing with postpartum depression and you may see me and think, well, that's interesting. (laughs) You seem fine. (laughs) And this is one of those Instagram as a highlight reel reminders, right? And it's also a deeper look into the duality of life because I'm good. I am so happy. I've never been this happy. I feel clear and I feel focused and I feel on purpose and I feel on my mission. I feel surrounded with love and support. I feel receptive to all of that. And the last couple of weeks have been really fucking hard for me. And I toyed with the idea of waiting to do this episode until I was quote unquote on the other side, I guess, but I don't know when that is. I don't know if there is another side. Um, <laughs> I'm not an expert. But I felt like this is not talked about enough. This is not normalized. And that's what this show is. That's what this show is. And so whether you're a mom or you have friends who are moms or you're a partner of a mom, I feel like the show is applicable for you in a lot of ways. Because... Postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. I don't know what all the clinical terms are. I was like, maybe I should do a bunch of research and figure it out. And I was like, no, I'm just going to talk from the heart. So if I don't use the correct phrase, shoot me. Um, That's not what this is about. But I feel like all of these different experiences that women have postpartum, beautiful, hard, and everything in between, um, need to be shared, need to be talked about, need to be better understood so that we don't feel crazy as the people experiencing it, so that our partners don't feel crazy experiencing us in this way and not really knowing what to do or how to help, feeling helpless. And so that more friends and family and colleagues 
know how to show up. And so that we feel safe to speak up in our experience. I've said this before. I'm so glad I did ayahuasca and mushrooms before I got pregnant and had a baby. I'm so glad I spent five years doing the work deeply, extensively, openly, so that when I got to this point, I felt resourced and self-aware and had the ability to ask for help. And all of that being said, I still have moments where I'm like, what in the actual fuck? I feel extremely out of control, very helpless, and I don't know what to do. And that's part of why I wanted to share this is because not everyone has the support I do. That's very obvious, right? How many single moms are out there working multiple jobs, going back to work right after having a kid, have no emotional, mental, spiritual, physical support. And I'm over here being privileged as fuck, struggling. And I've never had postpartum depression. I've never been postpartum before, so I didn't understand. And now I get it. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) This is fucked. It makes me feel so awful for people who don't have the support that they so deeply deserve. We do such a bad job, specifically in this country, of taking care of moms. The lack of maternal care, the lack of postpartum support, the lack of maternity leave. I now understand why moms are so suicidal. And yeah, that's fucking dark. But that's the reality. I have had some pretty intense suicidal thoughts over the last couple weeks. I don't want to kill myself. I very much want to be alive. I have never had a moment where I'm like, I'm going to go do this thing. If you are someone who has ever dealt with this, though, there are penetrating thoughts that come in, very invasive, that don't feel like yours, but take over. And I experienced this when I went through IVF. And the reason I realized I was dealing with postpartum issues is because Connor and I were fighting insanely for days on end. And he finally looked at me and he goes, this sure feels a lot like IVF. And I was like, oh my God, it does. And I started to realize how much my hormones were swinging, how all over the place I felt, how out of my body I felt how disconnected from my intuition and my gut and my own knowing and how reactive and projecting I was with everything going on. He couldn't breathe properly. I was screaming at him. My insecurities were through the roof. I was feeling amazing and then feeling awful and back and forth and back and forth. And the swings have been aggressive. And so. It took me a few days to finally be like, hey, I think I am dealing with postpartum depression or some variation of that. And he goes, yeah, I think you are. 
Now, this is what threw me for a loop. One, we eat incredibly well. I work out five days a week. We are out in nature almost every single day. I love being a mom. It's been so fun. My daughter is the best, said every parent ever. And I felt on fire after having her. I was exhausted and healing from our birth, but I also had this fire for life. Many of you have commented, many of our friends have commented about like, holy shit, Kelly, like you really, you like emerged. And I felt that. And so a couple of months in, I felt very even keeled. I had a few days where I was like, whoa, I feel off. I got my period back at three months. First period was I was bleeding to death. Second period, pretty much the same. Third period that just happened, which I'll get into, not as bad. But those were really the only things where I was like, I don't feel grounded. I don't feel normal. I felt really good. I felt a lot of energy. So I remember saying to Connor, like, wow, I'm so grateful. Like, I haven't dealt with any postpartum issues aside from internal healing. I felt really good. And, you know, I credit it to everything I just said nature and working out and eating really well and sleeping for the most part. And he would take her in the mornings. I've told you guys this multiple times for a couple hours so I could sleep. And so I felt like I had a really good rhythm and I was really in my body and clear. And then she went into her four month sleep regression, which lasted for, I don't know, three or four weeks. And we also went to Maui for 10 days. And she was up every hour, every single night we were there. And when we got back is when things took a turn. And I think it was the weeks and weeks and weeks of not sleeping, the anxiety of it, and not having had the vacation that I needed. I went to Maui for vacation. First time parent problems, I admit, dumbest idea of all time, but that is neither here nor there. I went to Maui for vacation and I got an incredibly stressful trip that I was exhausted from coming home with a baby who had to deal with travel, which she's great on a plane, but a four or five hour time difference and then not sleeping through the night, like at all. I came home so depleted and I didn't recognize it until a week and a half or two weeks ago. And I started fighting and I started picking and I started feeling super out of my body. And I hadn't noticed that the way I was taking care of myself had gone by the wayside, that I wasn't doing my normal self-care, that I wasn't showing up for myself in the way I had before. And it took my husband reflecting back to me, hey, this feels a lot like when you were being a psycho on IVF meds. And I'm like, yeah, I very much remember that. And this very much feels like that. Thank you for showing me what I could not see. I was so grateful. By the way, he did not say it in that way. That's how I see it. <laughs> he was like, hey, this feels a lot like IVF. He said it in a very nice way. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
fucking crazy. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that he said that because he knew like, this isn't you. And he even said to me like, Kelly, this is not you. It's okay. And it was so nice to have that reflection because I was lacking awareness and connection in my own body. And I needed someone else to say that. And the fact that he felt safe to do that with me and like he needed to, like, hey, something's not okay. You're not yourself. What do you need? And that started a lot of conversations for us. And I just started crying. And I, I was like, I don't like feeling like this. I'm so tired. I'm so beyond tired. I can't even sleep. You know, when you're so tired, you go to lay down and you just can't sleep. That's where I was. I couldn't nap. I couldn't sleep in the mornings when he would take her. I could barely go to sleep at night. Even when she would sleep, one night she slept for five hours straight, like last week or a week and a half ago. I slept for an hour of that. So I didn't even get to receive the benefits of my fucking baby finally sleeping. (laughs) And he was like, what do you need? I'm here. And so we started to have conversations around the days and what I needed. And I need to take a break and I need to get out of the house and I need to go do something for myself. I went and got a massage and I went to the chiropractor and I went on some walks and he took her so that I could take some naps. And then I called our birth coach, Emily Stanwick, who I highly recommend for all things birth related, doula related. She's incredible. And I said, hey, I need to talk to you because I am struggling with postpartum stuff. And I had just read something that said postpartum for a lot of moms starts after four and a half months. And oftentimes it's around the four month sleep regression. And I was like, well, fuck me. I get it. I get it because you're exhausted because all the hormones that were keeping you excited and happy and like caretaking for this little nugget are now leaving. Your hormones are shifting. For me, I got my period back and I was exhausted, out of my mind, exhausted between four months sleep regression and the vacation, the trip, the inconvenient trip. I didn't even get that tan, you guys. Like, what the fuck? Who goes to Maui and barely comes back tan? So I get on the phone with her and I'm like, look, I have full self-awareness. I know what's going on, but I need you to fucking talk to me and tell me I'm not crazy. I need you to validate my feelings. I need you to give me some tools because this is scary. I don't like feeling like this. And I need to know more of what I can do. And she was incredible. We talked for an hour plus. Connor came in and joined the conversation. And we just talked about how I was feeling. I just laid everything out there of what I just told you. And I said, I'm having dark thoughts. I'm having very invasive, dark thoughts about what the fuck did I do? I can't handle this. I want to crawl into a hole and come out when I'm rested. I don't know how to show up and be a present mom and run my company, restructure my company, run my own brand, handle the house, 
be a good dog mom also take care of myself like i am drowning and i'm getting angry and frustrated with my six-month-old who's literally not doing anything wrong and doesn't deserve for me to be upset with her but i don't know where to put my energy at 2 a.m when she's screaming at me and sometimes i don't want to fucking breastfeed because i want my body I don't want to have to give it to someone else every time they want it. And I just shared with her all of these thoughts I was having. She's like, Kelly, it's normal. Kelly, it's normal. It's okay. People have these thoughts. This is part of it. All you have to do is speak up for yourself. And I'm really proud of myself for speaking up for myself, for knowing that I could ask for help, for calling and asking for help, for voicing my needs to my husband. For choosing a partner who's available to that, for reaching out to my birth coach so she could walk me through how to take care of myself. We talked about getting blood work done. So I'm in the process of getting postpartum blood work done to see where my levels are. She said, Look, there might be something glaringly off that you just don't know. What great information to have just in case. Your hormones could be totally normal as well. And you're just dealing with the, the ebbs and flows of postpartum and what's happening within your body. So that was one action item. I was like, cool, I can do something for myself. I can get more information to see, do I need to supplement differently? Then I spoke with our pediatrician who this team is amazing here in Colorado. If you're here, let me know. I can refer you. I love them because not only are they open to alternative medicine, um, um, they are really great at not only asking how the baby is doing, but they ask me how I'm doing in every single appointment. So we just did her six-month appointment and... The doctor looks at me and she goes, and how are you? And I said, funny you ask. I think I'm dealing with some postpartum depression. I said, I'm good. And I've really been struggling. I feel good today. And yesterday I wanted to punch a hole in the wall. And she said, where are your omega-3 levels? And I said, well, I don't know for sure, but I was just tracking my food with my trainer, Jesse. He had me do a food log for three days because I'm trying to gain muscle and I want to make sure I'm hitting my protein levels. I've talked about this before. I used to very much under eat. I had an eating disorder. And so it's really important for me to make sure I'm hitting my caloric and protein needs so that I can gain muscle. And so I'm really glad we tracked it because he was like, yo, you are way off. You have literally no omega-3s. You are so overly saturated with omega-6s between the nuts and the meat and the salami. U.S. Salami has a lot of omega-6 in case you didn't know that. I had no idea. I love salami. So <laughs> he's like, your protein is off the charts. Your fat is off the charts. Your omega-3s are super low. You need to supplement and you need to start eating fish again. And I love fish. I just it hadn't been a thing. And so I told her all of this and she said, People don't realize that omega-3s slash EPA actually acts as Prozac for women in postpartum. 
I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, if you take high levels of your fish oil at the EPA will actually act as a very intense mood stabilizer and regulator. She goes, it's my secret sauce. I tell every mom about it. Almost everybody is low in omega-3s. And it's important for the baby to get the omega-3s through you if you're breastfeeding. You can also supplement them, but it's always best through the breast milk. She goes, but for you, this could be a fucking game changer. And I was like, add to cart. (laughs) So I got, I think I ordered Nordic Naturals Omega-3. And I'm so glad. I just started yesterday. But I wanted to share that with you guys because I had never heard that before. And I realized that it's really important for us to look at the minerals and the nutrition and the supplements that we're taking postpartum because I didn't even realize that's something I was so depleted in until I did that food log. And then I talked to the doctor. And I've talked about this. I'm going to share this. I was going to get to this, but I think it's a good place to talk about this. Magnesium is also super important. I have been on the mineral protocol I've shared a few times for my teeth and my hair. Shockingly, I just actually got back from the dentist an hour ago for my second teeth cleaning in two weeks. Super exciting. Um, I had no cavities, which was shocking to me, but I did have quite a bit of gum recession and tooth decay. One of my front teeth crumbled. Um, so I have to get that fixed. But they said that my teeth and my gum specifically very much looked postpartum. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So they gave me this toothpaste also, if you want. I, I have no like fucking code for it. Sorry. Um, but if you want to know what it is, it's natural. There's no fluoride, but it helps remineralize your teeth. So if you want to let you, if you want to know all the things that I'm using, just let me know and I'll send you a list. Um, so I was doing that. And I've been doing a ton of research around all the different things that help with your hair and your teeth postpartum. Um, I'm also using the hair loss treatments from Monat. Um, I don't even know what they're called, like Rejuvenique or whatever. The shampoo, the conditioner, there's a scalp serum. And I also use their curl cream that I love. And I have drastically noticed between the two. The minerals, the remineralization protocol that I'm on, plus the Monat line. I do not work for them. I do not sell shit for them. If you want to know more, let me know. I can tell you where I got it. Um, but I have noticed that I have far less hair loss. Like I'm talking, I went from clumps to a few strands, and my mouth does not hurt anymore. So, all of that being said, magnesium is a huge part of the remineralization process. So I am taking four to six capsules of the Organifi magnesium every day. I take a couple in the morning with a raw food vitamin C and my element Organifi concoction. And then I take more later in the day. Um, Magnesium is so important for so many reasons, but postpartum, it truly is like the magic sauce that you need. It's it's what your body lives on. It helps you sleep. It helps your body relax. It helps stabilize everything. Um, and it ho- also helps <laughs> with your teeth and hair. Um, so I would recommend getting the Organifi Magnesium. They are the best of the best. I love everything they do. You can use, um, you can go to 
organifi.com slash Kelly Moore, you'll get 20% off your order. Um, I'm just, I'm obsessed. And it's so nice because I order everything else from them. My protein, my collagen, um, the turmeric supplements. I've been taking those just for anti-inflammatory reasons and recovery after workouts, the red and the green juice, you know, the whole gamut. And I am so glad that I have the magnesium as a part of that. So as I've talked about sleep or lack thereof, the one saving grace that I have found, well, two things by the same company. One, the Dreamland Baby Sleep Sacks, any and all versions, we have them all. Ro is now in the transition swaddle, so her little arms are out, which is so crazy. I'm like, how are you old enough for this? Uh, We transitioned her about six months into that one before she was arms tucked in little what like a little pea in a pod it was very cute so we love the swaddle she just is so calm and comfortable in it and I feel like it just helps her sleep so much better that was a big game changer for us when we introduced the dreamland baby weighted sleep sack so love that every version they're so cute I love um it's like a it's like a weighted blanket for an adult. Just imagine how much that helps the nervous system for a baby. And then they came out with their sound machine, which is so dope. It's small. It's compact. It's super cute. And it's very easy to use. I love this thing. Um, I think a lot of sound machines, to be honest, are really over the top and very difficult to use and all the connections and all the things. The Dreamland Baby one has buttons that you push and it works. <laughs> like, Thank you very much. It has all the sounds, the white noise, the waves, the songs, the lullabies, I think seven different colors. I'm a fan of the red and the blue. Um, but we love it. And it's so nice. It's constantly going in her room and it's coming out on July 24th. So as you're hearing this, get ready to use the code Kelly Moore when the sound machine comes out. I was one of the first people to have it and one of the first to talk about it. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm really excited that I finally get to tell you guys about it. I've had it for a while and we just absolutely love it. So you can go to um, the link in the show notes. It's streamlinebabyco.com and use the code Kelly Moore for 20% off. This will be for all products, including the sound machine when it drops on July 24th. And let me know what you guys think about it. It has been so helpful for Roe to get some sleep. And also we use it when we were co-sleeping. So I'd bring it into our room when she was in bed with us so that I could sleep better, which was really helpful. I don't know if that's a tip or if everyone does that, but you know, it's my, it's my secret tip that I'm giving you today. So <laughs> anyways, Kelly Moore for 20% off all products, buy all the things you will not regret it. So talking through all of the different things that I can do, getting the omegas in there, mood stabilization, the magnesium and the whole remineralization process. Um, Emily and I also talked about getting into internal family systems therapy. I've never heard of this, but what I really liked about what she said, and I have not started this, I'm just sharing with you guys all the things that have been coming up as resource for you, because that's what I want to be as a resource for you. I feel like 
I am the the sister that a lot of people don't have. And I'm here to share with you. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. I'm just giving you options and ideas. Internal family systems from the way she and I talked about it is that um, it helps you get to the root of a lot of these thoughts that are sort of repeating. They're repetitive, they're invasive, and you can't pull yourself out. So it helps you get to what that is. What I realized while she and I were talking about it is that I've had suicidal thoughts since I was 11 years old, 12 years old. I skipped seventh grade. And the reason that happened is because I came home one day, I was very upset, and I told my mom I wanted to kill myself. And she was like, okay. <laughs> um, what do you do with that, right? When your 11 or 12 year old comes home and says that. And she was like, I don't remember what she said, but it was something along the lines of, thank you for telling me. Thank you for coming to me. I'm here for you. Like, we'll get through this. I felt very supported. She was like, just keep coming to me. And so I came home the next day. I came home the next day. I came home the next day. She booked a meeting with the counselor. I think this started on a Monday. I was with her and the counselor on Friday. And I tell the counselor, I don't, I'm just having these thoughts. I don't think I'm going to do anything. I just feel unhappy and I don't like my life and I don't want to be here. And I want it. I want out. And the counselor was like, you're not challenged. You're super fucking smart. You're really tall. All of your friends are older. You play up in the club volleyball and you just don't need, need to be in seventh grade. Like we need to skip you up. So I was in seventh grade for one week and I went basically sixth to eighth grade. So the next Monday morning, I was in eighth grade. I say that because I've been dealing with these thoughts that feel overwhelming and also not like my own. And they've always felt like I never wanted to do anything. That thought never came to my mind. It was, I want out of this situation. I want to escape. I have to get out. This is too much. And as she was talking... I was like, light bulb fucking moment. Whenever Connor and I have gotten in fights, like when they're really bad, my thing is like, well, we just shouldn't be together. We should just be divorced. We can just co-parent or we can just be, you know, friends. And he always is like, why do you go to that? <laughs> like, I don't want to leave you even before we were married and had a kid. I don't want to leave you. I don't want to be with anyone else. That's not what this is about. Like, can we just talk? And I immediately go to that. And I've always thought about like, why do I do that? And it all clicked for me in this call. For me, those thoughts is always, I need out. I go into fight or flight. I want to escape. I don't like it. So get me away. Run, 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 run. And that is how I have felt for the last two weeks. What the fuck did I do? This is too much. I can't handle this. I feel crazy. Something's wrong. Get me out. Run, run, run. And it helped me to see how it's the same core belief. It's the same thought that is showing up in all these different ways. And now, of course, it's going to show up postpartum when I feel unsteady and ungrounded. That call alone 
was so powerful for me. I was honest. I shared some dark ass shit. I shared some things that I was embarrassed about for feeling and thinking. I asked for help. And I took ownership of my experience. I didn't play victim. I said, something is not okay. I am not okay. And I need help. And I actually want to do something about it. I need to take care of myself better. And I said that to her. I need to do more for myself. I'm not doing enough. I have to show up for me if I want to be the kind of mom I want to be and the kind of partner I want to be. And it really shifted things for me. And then I went to Connor and I told him all of this. And he said, here's the other thing. You need to stop drinking. I have had many experiences with alcohol in my life. Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. And I think that postpartum, my need to have a glass of wine or have a drink was to feel normal in a way to like take ownership back of my life and to also take the edge off. I have never understood or related to like mommy wine time. Mommy needs her wine. I fucking get it now. (sighs) Fucking get it. Sometimes you just want to like shut off. Doesn't mean it's healthy. I'm not saying that that's healthy or that that's good. I'm saying I get it. I get it. And Connor was like, look, I haven't said anything. But I don't think it's helping you. Even one glass. You are clearly struggling. And I think you need to stop. And it's funny because that night we went out. It was 4th of July. And I was like, we're going to go out. I'm giving her bottles. I want to have fun. We're going to a party. I haven't been to a party and had drinks in so long. And we were both on board with it. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to drink after this. And I, I didn't realize how much it was impacting me. So of course, in retrospect, I'm like, why did I do that? But you live and you learn. So we go. I had the best time. It was so fun. I felt like myself. Ro took a nap at the party. She was just the life of the party. It was so fun. If you saw her picture on Instagram, you understand why her pants were so cute. Um, but the next day was dark for me. And I was like, and we're done with the alcohol. I never felt out of control. I never even felt really drunk. I was just having fun. I was drinking like a normal person would. But I am not in a stable place in my life to be able to handle alcohol. I am not in a good place hormonally or in connection with my body to be able to manage my consumption in a healthy way. It does not benefit me in any way. It literally takes away everything. It makes me more unstable and it is a dark force. 
And does that mean I'm never going to drink again? Probably not. But right now, it's not okay for me. I, I just, I can't do it. I'm not even going to have one drink. It's just not worth it. I haven't drank in a week and a half. Night and day, y'all. Night and fucking day. I've had some hard moments, some anxious moments, but it has not felt overwhelming the way it did. I think that the alcohol or stopping drinking and then having the conversations I did, asking for help, taking better care of myself, dramatically shifted what I was dealing with postpartum. I'm not saying that this is going to be for everyone, but I really feel like if you're dealing with any of this, take a step back and look at your day. How are you showing up for yourself? Are you asking for help? Are you receiving help? What can you take off your calendar? How can you show up better for you? Where do you need more radical honesty in what you're doing? This is scary. <laughs> it's scary and there's a lot, a lot of power in self-awareness and taking a step back and asking for help. And there's a lot of power in being honest with yourself about what you need. What do you need? And if you are not the person going through this, if you are support for that person, check on them. Help them feel supported. Ask for what they need. Ask them, what do you need? And if they say nothing, I'm okay. Maybe this is the part where you're a little pushy. Maybe this is the part where you say, I'm going to take the baby, take a nap. Or let me cook you dinner. Or can I deliver food for you? Or can I clean your kitchen? Or go get your nails done and I'll stay home with the baby. Or do you want to just talk? I'm here for any and all versions of you. I have cultivated the most amazing group of friends and family and my husband. And the other day when I was feeling off and I felt ungrounded and unstable and I was getting like out of my body and I was rational, half of me was rational. And I said to Connor, I, I feel rational this half and I feel out of control in this half. And I need you to talk to the out of control part because the rational part doesn't need support right now. The out of control part needs support. And we talked and then he goes, this is maybe TMI, but it was very helpful. He goes, do you want to have sex? And I was like, yeah, kind of. I said, I feel like it'll help me be back in my body and be present. And he's like, that's what I think too. And so we had really slow, beautiful sex and it brought me back into my body and we breathed together. And I felt him inside of me and I felt my own body. And I felt the connection. And I just was with it. And I just visualized myself literally landing in my body while I was having sex. That might seem weird to you, but it worked really well for me. And I felt so much better after. And I felt more connected to myself. And I felt more connected to him. And I was able to sleep that night. Sometimes we need other people to be more in tune with ourselves than we are. Sometimes we can't get there. And it's important to ask for help 
and to surround yourself with people that can show up for you. That is my deepest prayer, is that you surround yourself with people who can show up for you in a way that you need that feels really, really supported. So as I'm recording this, I feel so much better. It doesn't mean it's gone forever. It doesn't mean that I don't still have anxiety. But I feel in my body. I feel much more grounded. I feel resourced. And I know what I need to do in those moments when that discomfort and that sort of roller coaster pendulum swinging feeling happens. I know how to voice it and I know where to go. If you're dealing with something like this, first of all, I love you. You're okay. You are okay. It's going to be okay. It's time to reach out. It's time to look at how you're caring for yourself. Take a shower. Take a bath. Brush your hair. Put on clothes. Get outside. Do what you need to do for you. Because this mom guilt of, but I have to do everything for the baby and there's something wrong with me if I don't. I'm guessing they're probably very well taken care of. You taking 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, an hour there is going to make you a better mom. It is not going to take away from the well-being of your child. I bring Ro into the bathroom with me and she sits there in a little bouncer while I shower. Sometimes she cries while I shower. And I've gotten to the point where my daughter is going to cry sometimes. I can't always fix it. I need to shower though. I will show up better with clean clothes and deodorant and brushed hair. That does not make me a bad mom. We have to shift this narrative. We have to show up better for ourselves as parents and we have to show up better for moms. It's everything, you guys. It's everything. My nose was kind of heavy. And I felt like I needed to share it. (laughs) And just know that you are loved. And if you are going through this, you are so loved. I am sending you the biggest hug. I see you. I feel you. And I really believe it's going to be okay. I love you guys.